You're listening to Sideshow Network. Check out all of our shows at sideshownetwork.tv. Welcome to the Pet Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, the pet matchmaker herself, Elaine Hendricks. And Dr. Brown, my bestie, sidekick, master mixologist, who's usually here with us, is off traveling, venturing the world. So he is not here today, but we do have Big Wade. Big Wade. Consolation prize, Big Wade. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> You got that one right. I, at least you got the sound effect right. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, hi, Big Wade. Hey, little lady. Hey, we're at August. It is flying by. This year is flying by. Doesn't August depress you? Why? Because it means the end of summer. I still go back to like when I was a student. Yeah, and, and you got it. It's time to go back to yeah, school. Yeah, well, and then Brenda teaches, so I still think of August as like she starts lesson planning again. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. depressed. You know what else I realize about August is that um, there's no like, there's no real holiday in yeah. August. Like we don't have Fourth of July. We don't have any uh, Father's Day or Mother's Day. Labor Day is next month. Uh, so there's not really any. I'm just gonna say it's a crap either. month. Screw August. Oh no, no. In case August listens. August. <laughs> August is National Immun- Immunization Awareness Month. That's important. Just for animals? Well, that's our pet, you know, holiday. Yeah, yeah. The month. I'm, I'm sure there's other things. As we've learned, like, there's so many holidays for every day. Let's, you know what? Let's make up a new one then. Let's make up our own holiday for August oh, to we make should, it friendly We should do this collectively happy. with the Pet Matchmaker listeners. Help us come up with a day that maybe isn't uh, acknowledged already. And let's, let's do this as a team, Pet Matchmaker audience. What, what holiday should we make up? We are going to make up a pet holiday for the month of August. Write us at info at thepetmatchmaker.com and let us know what you think should be the pet holiday for the month of August. And we will start promoting it. We will make it happen. We will put it on the books. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I've never gotten to do that. So this is something a listener will get to do that I haven't gotten to do. Indeed. And basically, that's how all of these are created anyway. So <laughs> On the pet matchmaker from listeners like you. Exactly. I mean, we're not a hallmark. We're not getting paid for it. But it matters. Pets matter. Well, duh. We have a whole show dedicated to them. I know. The Pet Matchmaker podcast. Hey, let's, um, let's even though we don't have Tony here with us, we do have the cocktails. So uh, he was kind enough to record some for us. So let's hear what our canine kitty cocktails are for this week. This is Dr. Antonio Brown, your master mixologist, with another delicious cocktail for you. I'm showing the primates some love this time and bringing you the funky monkey. What you want to do with that one is get yourself a chilled champagne flute, add one splash of peach nectar, one part of bourbon, and a pinch of fresh thyme. You're going to gently muddle those ingredients and then fill that champagne flute with some delicious Delicious Prosecco. Garnish it with a sprig of thyme and enjoy. Cheers. And of course, we've got for you the spirits free version. That's a spirit free funky monkey. You're going to add to a chilled champagne flute one part peach nectar, one pinch smoked paprika, one pinch fresh thyme. Again, muddle gently and add. 
to that flute one part iced orange pico tea. Finish it all off with a splash of club soda and garnish with a sprig of thyme. Enjoy! I, I don't get to hear the audio. Did he muddle anything? Did he shake vigorously, Andrew? I'm going to assume he did. There's probably there's like a, always muddling. There's a vanilla shaking, bean. There's a vanilla bean vigorous. somewhere in there. There's some shaking vigorously. Just because he's not here doesn't mean he's not going to do that just for you. I know. I feel like I'm just hoping. I can't wait to hear this back. I really hope there's muddling involved. Hey, so. Uh, always on the, the Pet Matchmaker podcast, we talk about all kinds of different pets. And because dogs and cats are, are like the number one animals in households, we do focus the majority of our content on them. But it was funny when we very first launch, launched of those even, the cat people were like, well, it's not going to be just all about dogs, is it? And I'm like, no, we're going to give equal time to dogs and cats and everyone else. And today's show just so happens to be about kitty cats and very specifically feral cats because feral cats need all the help that they can get animals do. But these poor guys, I mean, a feral cat is a hard life. Would you like to be a feral cat, Wade? No. I think you are a feral cat. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're setting me up for something. I'm just no, going to say I'm no. Really no, that was a, that was, no, that was a sincere question. I know that my sincerity <laughs> towards you is a little yeah. like shocking. Yeah, yeah. But sincere still is a relative term with you. So um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> you know why it's relative? Because I'm on a show called Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll that are airing. That's airing on Thursdays, 10 p.m. on FX. We're shameless that's whores. That's why. We're shameless whores here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. No, I mean, that's a good thing. That's <laughs> a good thing. Say, that's, that's a survival tool. No, we're shameless whores, and God bless us for doing that. Well, because we got to promote. I know it's awesome. It's it, but it's so cool. I it, every time I see you on TV, and I've been able to do it for different shows, but it's unexpected. For the first time, I get to actually like plan like, ooh, Thursday night, ten o'clock. Here comes Lainey. It's I really know. really cool. Like when I saw you on Transparent, I'm like, oh my God, Lainey, <laughs> did you know you're on Transparent? <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, and you played a really really rude person. Well, you know, I I've, I've known about all of my projects except for the video game that's the only one where i had this whole disclosure thing and then people start showing up hey you're in this video what huh oh hmm. your video game character is more elaborate than any movie role you've ever played it's like true. your backstory for your video game is more elaborate than anything it's true it's awesome well except for maybe sex and drugs and sex and drugs and rock and roll is going to give it a runs for for its money especially if we go into season two fingers crossed cross them at home i'll be so ticked if you're not i know hey so visit us at thepetmatchmaker.com thepetmatchmaker.com and also we've been transitioning into .org so now I can officially say you can find us at thepetmatchmaker.org as well I, know, I, I was waiting for Tony. There was a time when we were selling this too soon, and he'd always just instinctively know to say, or.org. Oh, or.org. Or.org. <laughs> but... He's miss, not here. I know we missed Tony. We miss you. We miss you. It's not the same. I, I try to, to do my best impersonation of you, and it doesn't work. I know. I, I should probably be doing... Wait a minute here. Let's see what this one is. I don't know if I've ever pressed this one. Just kind of... Oh, yeah, I've done this yeah. one. Yeah, there's definitely... But you've hit every button. There's I no have? way you haven't hit every Really? Button. What there's about... only like 10 on each one. What about this one? Ooh, I don't. Have we done that? I don't. One? I like that it's one. It's not memorable enough to say, but yeah, that might be new. Well, that's like a. Cuckoo, but you know, we didn't like have the cuckoo. green one for a while. Oh yes, you, you know what I mean. We only so had the red one. You just abused the red one for. Well, here's weeks we on have end. this one for sure. Yeah, yeah, that one you at least know. Is the gunshot on there? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, that's a no. That's a little shot. less violent. That's a little more acme. Yeah. Here's Here, here's the other one. Here's the. Yeah, that's just awful. Who makes a kid's toy and like that? There's so many just rude jokes we can make. But yeah, that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Billy. Here's an overly elaborate gunshot effect. Gun cocking and all. <laughs> um, yeah, so on that note, uh, let's... <laughs> pets. <laughs> pets and fun. Pets and fun. Hey, uh, we're going to take a little break here to listen to one of our awesome pet care minutes. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to my longtime friend, Julie Spoonamore, who, uh, as all my friends, as you... you should Surely you've caught on by now. I rope all of my friends into doing everything with me in my entire life and they basically have no choice um but hopefully the the ride is fun we try to make it fun anyway right wade i think it's a blast uh but if them screw them thank you <laughs> um and uh so julie spoonamore uh, has we lifelong friends done all kinds of fun crazy stuff together but then also working on projects uh she's been a part of team elaine recently with all the sex and drugs and rock and roll hoopla and then um but an original advisor and uh, team member for the pet matchmaker so she just so happens to be an expert in feral cat care. And because if, if we, uh, if it's true that an expert, you log in about 10,000 hours to be an expert in something, well, she's long lapped uh, that for, for helping feral cats. So we're gonna talk to her after the break and uh, help some kitty cats out. Hi, it's Elaine Hendricks, and in addition to all of my animal work, my day job is as an actress. And as you've heard, we've been talking about my new show, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Please tune in, watch, spread the word, and come share the love. You are listening to the Pet Matchmaker Podcast, and welcome Julie Spoonamore. Hello, Elaine Hendricks. Have you noticed also, here's another pattern I'm going to throw out there. A lot of my friends, we call each other by our first and last name. And I, and I contribute that to Daddy Hendrix. I think he started that trend. That's totally because of DH, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all Daddy Hendrix. Julie knows. Daddy Hendrix was on the podcast for our Father's Day episode. He was? Yeah. I missed it. I know. You'll have to go back and listen. I will. All of our podcasts are in iTunes and Google. Is it Google Plus? Google Share? What's it Google called, Play. Andrew? Google Play, thank you. Yeah, Play. Google Play. I, I, I loved watching you try to figure that out. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't use the Google Play. I have like an the app. Google Play. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, when uh, no, because I, I have an app on my phone, the podcast, and then it lets me know, and I sign up, and I get alerts when my own podcast airs, so I can keep up with the Pet Matchmaker podcast. But it's on um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and then of course you can find it at the Pet Matchmaker. Dot com. Dot so, org. Or dot org. Thank and, you. And Sideshow. Sideshow Network. And Sideshow Networks. Uh, so, Julie, you um, are my friend. We do all kinds of stuff together, but you take care of feral cats. I do take care of feral cats, uh, a lot of feral cats, although lower numbers now that we do trap and neuter, spay, return. That came out wrong. Well, that's okay. A, a, a tra a TNR, trap, neuter, release. I never called it that, so clearly. <laughs> yeah, but the the amazing thing about this is that you don't like work with an organization for this. Now, you've been yeah. very supportive, obviously, of the Pet Matchmaker and other organizations, and you do get involved still um, with other organizations. But 
all of your cat work has been just you. So it's not like you're doing this with a team of people and money to finance things. This is all just you. That's correct. That's just me. I uh, moved into a new place. You remember when I bought the place 15 years ago and I had two little rescue kitties that lived with me. And we hadn't been there probably a day. And we look out the back door and there's a black cat sitting looking right in our door and it scared my guys and so I didn't want to feed it I didn't want to encourage it I didn't even know what a feral cat was at that point but you know how I am 12 hours later I'm feeding the cat his name buddy and I bought him a house and he lives in my backyard so that's kind of how it started and after that I learned what feral cats were but in the beginning it was just a cat that I decided I wanted to take care of oh well so for our listeners who may not know who may be like you like yeah I got this cat kind of hanging around but so what is that cat feral like what are feral cats Feral cats are cats that have not been socialized around people. Um, feral cats in general, come. it can even come from a, a mother who's not feral. If the kitten is born and not handled or exposed to humans before the eyes open, it will tend to have a fear of people. So it's really important, even if you have a cat who just lives outside and it's a stray, and let's say she has kittens under your deck somewhere, it's important to get those kittens and to try to uh, talk to them, handle them, socialize them before their eyes are open so that they don't turn out to be feral. Because basically a feral cat is just like any other cat, except it's really afraid of people. Hmm. And it just, you know, it doesn't, it wants to be petted, it wants to play, it wants everything that a normal cat wants, but it's so afraid of you that it won't, it won't come and ask for it. And unlike, you know, there's a myth about, oh, if you handle a baby bird, it's the mother's going to reject it. That's not true. And the same thing with cats. Like if you handle a baby cat, a newborn cat, the mother isn't going to reject the cat. Oh, no, the mother won't reject the cat. Now, depending on the situation, how old the kittens are and things of that nature, she might, if she feels that you're a threat, she might possibly move them. But that's not uncommon. She probably wouldn't move them far. You could still find them. And even if they just hear your voice, even if you can't get to them to handle them, although that's preferable, just spending time around them, letting them hear you and acclimate to you will go a long way towards keeping them from becoming feral. And through your journey, because I've uh, had the great pleasure of basically going along the ride with you, and yes, I've you heard, have. yeah, <laughs> and I've heard so many stories and so many cats, and it's really amazing. Is this all for you? Like, was it really trial and error, or did you also like research online and? Oh, it was completely trial and error, as you remember, especially in the beginning until I figured out, well, originally I just had the one cat. I had my black cat. I named him Buddy. You know, I fed him. I bought him a house. He kind of hung out in my backyard. All was good. Another little kitty shows up and turns out she's a female. And well, then you know kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened from there. Then I didn't have two little kitties. I had like 200, not really 200, but I had a, a large number. And at that point is when I decided, hey, I've got to figure out what's going on. So then I went online, I researched, I spoke to my vet and kind of figured out what needed to be done. I got a couple of my neighbors involved and we started uh, trying to formulate a plan. And so take us from there. What like what? So let's say somebody is like you. Uh, hey, I've got this cat in my yard. I think they're feral. Uh, what do I do? So like what would be some of the f- initial first steps you would tell somebody? Well, what I would recommend now, knowing what I know, is that you immediately find a resource to help you trap the cat. Now, I wouldn't say trap the cat in the ways that a lot of people are going to think about trapping the cat, like throwing a box over it or (laughs) trying to grab it with your hands or anything like that. 
They actually make humane traps. Um, I think they're called Have a Heart are the main ones that we used anyway. We went out and actually bought the trap that we were going to use because we couldn't find anything uh, locally. We didn't know of any organizations that would loan them. Now, in subsequent years, I have learned that most communities do have organizations that help with feral cats. Sometimes even your humane society might loan you a trap. Uh, the traps are super easy to, to put out, and you just bait them with a little food or something that the cat might uh, in, be enticed to go in after. And then once they go in, it they step on a little plate, it triggers it closed, and, and they're in there until you get them out. Um, so the first thing I would say is that you want to trap the cat because it's the best thing for the cat. You want to take it in. You want to have it uh, spayed or neutered. Take it uh, into the vet. Take it mean. into the vet. Yeah, sorry. Take it into the vet and have it spayed or neutered, um, any medical attention that they may deem necessary. And then you just bring it right back to where it was to begin with. Now, that's assuming that you're willing to take on the care of the animal. You know, you want to return it to the area that it's comfortable with, assuming that you're going to then continue to provide food and water for it. Which is a good thing to do because um, there's a lot of argument that, oh, well, if I, you know, these feral cats are killing all the bird population. Well, hey, guess what? You feed the cats, you help take care of the cats, they're not going to have a reason to go after the birds, even though they are, you know, ultimate and natural predators. Have you found that to be accurate? Yes, I find that to be accurate. Um, and, you know, honestly, I take care of the, the birds, too. I feed birds. I feed squirrels. I feed cats. Everybody coexists. Um, occasionally, you do have a little turf war and someone comes out on the wrong side of it. But that's true of, of anything in nature. You know, there is a natural order of predators and you don't avoid that no matter what you do. But certainly keeping a cat fed and secure and and feeling like it doesn't have to worry about what it, where its next meal is going to come from is going to help keep your bird population safer. And, and why um, bringing it back to the same spot? Why is that so important? Well, A, the cat's already used to the area, so that's one thing. You don't want to just drop the cat off in an unknown location where it doesn't have a source of food or water. Um, and the other thing is there will be a vacuum there. No matter what you think, if you have a feral cat, chances are you have more than one. So let's say I think I have three and I trap my three and I have them spayed or neutered and I decide to take them off to the farm. Well, if that's really the only three, then okay, but chances are it's not. And so the other ones who have been out on the fringe, well, guess what? They know there's a source of food and water, so they just start coming in. And then you just continually have an influx of population. Whereas if you just bring your original cats back, you don't create the vacuum and they continue to kind of own their territory for lack of a better word. And, and you just continue on caring for the ones that you've been caring for. And uh, in that first, uh, the first time you bring them back to the spot, uh, I remember um, talking with a vet about this one time. They say you want to, especially after they've been fixed, you want to just provide the, the poor animal like a good 24 hours of like just keep them secluded. Don't just drop them off immediately. Like let them heal a little, let them rest, let them chill out a little before you actually release them. Yes, and there's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, one of the things that we did is we actually bought a large, um, I guess you would call it a cage, but it's, I wouldn't. Like really, an atrium? Uh, kind of, yes. Um, and we would let them recover into that. We would just take them directly from, from the have a heart trap, which is, you know, very small and confining, but you can line the door of that up directly with the door of this larger enclosure or cage, whatever you want to call it. 
And then we, you know, we covered that. You need to cover it with a sheet or a blanket or something because uh, the cat will get very nervous if it's not covered. Even when it's in the have a heart trap, it's important to keep it covered when they're in there because it keeps them calm. So we just covered that all but the one side. So they had some air ventilation. We had a little litter box and food and water in there waiting for them. And we would, you know, keep them in there until they were not groggy. And then we would open the door and they would kind of go out at their own pace. And um, what is something that, like, between the time you started and now, like, what would be something that you, gosh, I wish I'd known then what I know now that might be really helpful to people who are thinking about helping feral cats? I think the main thing would be the trapping. I was very nervous in the beginning to trap the cats because I had a fear that um, they would be so traumatized from having been trapped and been taken to the vet and going through the surgery, et cetera, that they wouldn't come back, that they would be afraid to come back and eat or that you know, something would happen to them or that they would be so groggy when they got out, something would happen to them. I just had an enormous amount of fears related to trapping them because it just seemed like a, such a scary proposition. But at the end of the day, it, it worked out beautifully. I mean, they all came back. Some stayed gone maybe for 12 hours, 24 hours. Some, all they did was run out the backyard and look at me for 10 minutes and come right back up and eat. So it's really not the scary proposition that you think it is when you think about, oh, I've got to trap this poor cat. You know, it, it's really for the benefit of the cat. So that you can make sure no new uh, unwanted cats are being born and in case that there's any medical issues that you, that need to be dealt with. Absolutely. We had one little cat who... Um, just always had matted fur and just his eyes were always crusty. And it was a beautiful, beautiful little yellow long-haired cat. And when we took him in to have him uh, have him fixed and we asked the vet, you know, to give him the once over and he had some type of little conjunctivitis or something, they gave him a shot. And for the rest of his life, that cat was gorgeous. Mm. And that one little shot just took care of all of his ills. And he was like a completely different guy when he came back. Oh, my gosh. I could I got I could sit here and talk to you about this all day long. We're going to um, we're going to take a, a little break to hear one of our um, one of our pet jokes and uh, but we're listening to Julie Spoonamore or we're talking with Julie Spoonamore who is my friend a pet matchmaker team member and an expert in feral cats uh, we're just scratching the surface because she has got information and stories for days it, I, I find it so interesting so please stick around to hear more Listening to the Pet Matchmaker Podcast. You can visit us at thepetmatchmaker.com. What? Don't that, shake your head. That, at me. that had nothing to do with anything. It's it has to do with what we're about to talk about. In a roundabout way, I suppose. Well, we're going to talk about because we're talk, we're here with Julie Spoonamore, the Pet Matchmaker team member, my friend, and uh, feral cat expert. And one of the things that um, people either. If they don't think about it, they need to think about it is the cost of pets in their lives because I am constantly inundated with I can't afford XYZ for my pet. Can you help me? And some in some instances, it's like, wow, gosh, I so there are some heartbreaking stories out there. There are some requests that it's like, really? You got a pet and you weren't planning for that? Oh God, what are people thinking? So, you know, the the gamut ranges. But with feral cats in particular, because if you're going to, you know, they're not essentially yours. You're not necessarily getting any, like, they don't come into your house. They don't cuddle with you. So those people out there who are like, what benefit am I getting? 
Well, as I say the benefit is you're helping another creature, you're helping your community, and you're just doing an all-around good thing. But how much is this going to cost people? So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, it can really vary, Elaine. There's a lot of ways that you can handle feral cats. Um, if Most communities, if you look online, look in your phone book, talk to your vet, most communities in this day and age have an organization that will help absorb some of the costs of trapping, neutering, returning your feral cats. I did get it right that time. <laughs> How about that? See? I'm a quick Yay! study. Yay! And the crowd goes wild. So there are organizations that will help defray that cost. And generally, you think to yourself, well, how can they do it so inexpensively if my vet wants $150 to fix a cat? Usually what happens is they'll have a certain day of the month or maybe a couple of days of the month where they will have the community bring in the feral animals. And often it's a, it's a veterinary student or a vet tech and they're of course under the supervision of a, of a fully licensed vet but that's how those folks kind of get better at what they do and also provide the benefit to you of of a really low cost sometimes no cost spay and neuter and when they go in there they'll give them their shots as well and they'll kind of house them for a few hours afterwards and when you're ready to pick them up they're often ready to be turned back out so that's one way to go uh, the other way to go if you don't have a lot of them to deal with is you can talk to your vet you know my my vet that works with me gave us a great deal uh, did everything at cost because we really weren't trying to time it on these particular days at one point we had so many it was just whenever i could catch one i would take it in so couple of different ways to look at it, but it's not as expensive as you would think, especially if you work with one of those organizations. And then the food and, and do you, now I know you provide shelter for them, but do you mm -hmm. think that that's like kind of a requirement in helping to take care of feral, feral animals? It's certainly something I would recommend. Um, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on a shelter. You can go online. There are plans uh, that show you exactly how to build low-cost shelters, sometimes out of something as simple as like Rubbermaid storage yeah, containers the tor yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and styrofoam. I mean, you can do that in the beginning. Uh, I was buying inexpensive dog houses and using those. You know, I later learned that feral cats prefer both an entrance and an exit. Uh, they feel trapped if there's only one. So whatever you do, it's generally best to have an entrance and an exit. But I mean, even using using basic materials, some shelter is better than no shelter, particularly depending on the area of the country that you're in. If you have really hard winters, um, you know, obviously more of a need for that than if you're in sunny Florida. Right. Well, and how many how many cats do you think you've helped in the 15 years you've been doing this? Oh, gosh, Elaine. Um, I would say well upwards of 50 because I started running out of names. I named them all. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just how I am. So, They're your outdoor you know, pets. They are my outdoor pets. And, you know, some of them even uh, rub around my legs these days. A few of them will even let me pet them, some of the ones I've raised since they were babies. So some of them come around over time. Um, a lot of times they just sit and look at you, but you can still tell they're grateful that they have food and water and shelter. Now, because uh, you live in Kentucky and you're out here in Los Angeles uh, getting to be in studio with us. Yay! Yay. Um, wh what happens when you travel? When I travel, I have a pet nanny that comes and takes care of my feral cats. Nice. <laughs> so that that would be something to consider, you yes. know, for people sure. as an additional sure. cost. But you also said you have had neighbors who I you've... I do, I like, do. My neighbors pitch in. Um, you know, that is another thing I will point out. If you have neighbors, especially neighbors in close proximity, it's a, a good idea to share with them what a feral cat is. 
because you don't want your neighbors, uh, if they suddenly see 10 cats or five cats hanging around outside your house, the last thing you want them to do is call the Humane Society or try to pick them up or try to try to do something to them. So I made a point, and I think this is a good idea for anyone, to educate your neighbors. This is what a feral cat is. You know, I'm taking care of the cat. The cat's had all of its shots. It's been spayed. It's been neutered. It's just basically living its life as an outdoor pet. And if anything happens, you know, if the cat's on your car or something you don't like, please come to me, let me take care of it, that kind of thing. And I have found all my neighbors to be super receptive, most of them with no idea what a feral cat is. And a lot of them will end up helping you, either help you defray the cost of the food or help feed when you're out of town or just generally keep an eye on things. So most people you'll find are pretty reasonable, but it is a really good idea to inform them before you undertake this if you have close neighbors. Well, and I had a, a girlfriend out here who was trying to take care of, take care of a feral community and her, one of her neighbors was adamant that they she wanted those cats to be gone and if you help them they just stick around more but as we've now learned from you no they'll they'll just keep coming back it doesn't matter so what would you say to people who are like oh god really should i help the feral cats like either are adamant against it or on the fence what would be your argument to help them well it's any living creature that's just how i am i can't not help any living creature but if it's someone who's just adamantly opposed i guess my first thing would be why why are you opposed to me helping this animal if if it's something that affects you then tell me how that affects you and let me see if i can mitigate that so that it doesn't bother you but i can still take care of the animal there's a lot of ways to do it and honestly most of my feral cats stay kind of in my yard and in my area sure they visit the neighbors some but they're not over there that much they're they feel safe at, at my place and they have food they have water they have shelter and they don't roam around honestly before they were fixed they roamed a whole lot more than they mm, did yeah. afterwards you know they were always in other people's yards and on their cars and fighting at night and causing all kinds of commotion and you know, that also calms them down, by the way, when they're fixed. And then they just kind of settle in and, and they end up being less trouble, in my opinion, once they have been altered and they're cared for than before. You have so many stories, at least 50, um, <laughs> that you said at, at least, um, which over 15 years, that's a lot. That's a lot of cats. That's a lot of cats. What, uh, what's one or two that stick out? in particular, like their, their little stories of how they came to you, how they lived, maybe how they left you? Oh, well, I have one group, some of which I, I still have, um, that showed up. We thought we had everything taken care of. Everybody had been spayed and neutered. Now, keep in mind, I back up to a park. So anytime you make the mistake of thinking you're done, someone leaves something in the park for you and it finds its way to your home or something oh, along can I, like, lines. Let me, let me just say that, please. I've all, please. I grew up in rural Tennessee where people think, ah, you just throw the critter out and they'll fend for themselves. They'll figure it out. It's nature. It does not work that way. And it throws off the balance so much. Please do not dump your pets. Please, please, please. Okay, continue. Yes, yes. Well, good point, though. Good point. Because that is where a lot of mine came from, I think. Um, anyway, so I have this group of five of these little folks that came up right around Christmas and they all got holiday themed names and uh, fortunately we were able to catch them all pretty early and get them all fixed pretty early and some of them um, after we got them fixed they kind of wandered off and we didn't really see them much after that but the rest of them still live with me um, the female had a litter of gosh six kittens oh yes yeah, six before we could catch her and get them fixed 
but she trusted us enough that she had the kittens right there in our yard and she let us interact with them we fed them we played with them we handled them and they all six went to homes oh yeah so that's one of my good stories about that because the mother um you know i had raised her since she was little and she had such trust in us that she allowed us to even though she was still kind of afraid and didn't want us to touch her she totally trusted us with her baby so that was one of those feel-good little stories oh that's really awesome well um just because I think feral cats have a, a sort of a neg- negative stigma, what's a story that maybe didn't have a happy ending, but that was still, you know, no matter what you did, it was still worth it. It was still worth it to help that cat, even though it wasn't necessarily the best ending. Well, I, would, I don't know that I have any that I would call really bad endings, because I think anytime you can help an animal, it's a good ending. Um, but I would say, you know, some of the ones that I didn't have as much success with, um, you had them fixed and they kind of hung around for a while, but they never really settled in and they eventually kind of wandered off and you didn't know what happened to them. Those are the ones that I would call not as great just because I don't know what happened to them and and the other cats most of the cats I take care of I know what happens to them in fact a a number of them sad though it may be you end up having to help them pass on towards the towards the end of their lives and so I've crossed a number of them over the rainbow bridge at the vet's office just like I would with a with any other what I would call normal cat Um, but I really don't think I had too many bad outcomes Uh, the worst outcome would just be sometimes they they really didn't come back much after that well, but even that, though, that's exactly what I mean. Like, you put all this time, this energy, this effort, and boom, they're gone. And But it's still worth it to you to help them. Of course. Of course it's still worth it to me. I mean, it's there's just such a difference. And I know that they can't speak. I know that they don't come up to be petted. They don't show you the overt affection that an indoor cat would show you. But you can see, you can look in an animal's eyes and you can see that the animal is grateful. They're grateful that they have shelter, that they have food, that they have water, that they're not just out, you know, fighting every day, looking for anything they can catch to eat. Animals convey that to you. And that's really what it's about for me. I just want to help them. However long they have on this earth, whether it's 10 years, which is how long Buddy lived, my, my first little guy after I moved in. So whether it's 10 years or whether it's, you know, 10 weeks, it's it's always worth it to help an animal. And that is why Julie Spoonamore is my friend. Yay! Normally we, we point people to sites of our guests, but you don't have your own personal site. So we'll just point people back to thepetmatchmaker.com. I think that's a great idea. I think they should also go to elainehendricks.com because I like that site a lot too. <laughs> Yeehaw, elainehendricks.com, thepetmatchmaker.com, or .org. Um, and we have tons of information about feral cats, and uh, we're going to get Julie doing some um, more interviews and stuff on our site as well because this is such great information. I could sit here and talk about this all day long. So thank you for listening with us here. Um, and thank you for joining us, Julie Spoonamore. You're welcome, Elaine Hendricks. Go UK, boo, Tennessee. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Wade, did you learn about feral cats? I did. I, I didn't know what the word feral meant. 
Really? And I, seriously. Well, because right, in Hawaii, there was a wildcat, I guess, which is different than feral. Was the, the, I, I guess. I, so I, I'm asking, and I'm looking at both of you with my dumb face, which is my normal face. Well, uh, what do you mean wildcat? Because a wildcat is like a bobcat, a well, cougar, well, I, a mountain lion. I don't, here's, the ear was clipped. So I guess someone had... That's a feral cat. Okay. That, that's actually but, how you're supposed to identify. if the, When the vet fixes them, they're supposed to clip the ear. So if anyone else comes along, they know it's a managed colony. But what confused me, I guess, was is that this cat was excellent around people. Because we were at the resort, and then we'd be eating breakfast in, in front, outside, and the cat came up and was like, cool, ate everything we put down, like was hanging out with us, we could pet it. Clearly wasn't starving, because we put stuff down, and it was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good, see you later. And then, like, it just, you know, but it looked to be pretty... You know, pretty well behaved around people. So I guess that's where I, I got confused. Oh, uh, then that's probably just a, a like a pet that they're le- letting out. Well, it was stay outdoors. It was clipped though. Well, it could have been a stray that someone who's managing the feral colony just decided to take care of and went ahead and clipped so that so that people know it's taken care of, that it's been altered. Yeah, it's been yeah, that, yeah. It's and cared for. When I talk to the people at the resort, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's our new little friend. It just hangs out every morning now." But it was, you know, but the so mascot. Uh, the other thing is too is just Julie's very good at being informative, and I I don't realize I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> there are things where I'm like, I'm in my own head. And then I realized I remembered everything she said. I'm actually paying attention. And, and I wouldn't have thought that based off content alone. But uh, uh, that was very informative and, and really cool. Yeah. I love feral cats. I wish more people would take care of them. They just have this bad rap. And I'm not sure where it came from other than, you know, uh, the Smithsonian released, uh, it was like 2014, the Smithsonian released this quote unquote study and this whole hubbubaloo. And I was a part of trying to help spin that because it was just... Oh, what people will do for media and um, and attention, the sensationalism, it drives me crazy. Julie, you're you're nodding your head. <laughs> well, you know, it's the bird people are against the squirrel people, and you know, the bird people are against the cat people. Everybody thinks that they can't help all of them, but I'm going to tell you now, I help them all. I feed the birds, I feed the squirrels, I feed the cats. Everybody gets along. There's enough for everybody. Nobody who loves animals, birds, squirrels, otherwise, needs to try to take it out and knock another animal out. That one gets an applause. Hey, also on the petmatchmaker.com or .org, you can find our canine kitty cocktails for this week. Um, I know that Tony has made a feral one, especially for uh, our feral topics. So be sure to go check out the recipes. And uh, Big Wade, anything else for this show? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm glad you're good. And <laughs> it, was, it was just an awesome show, Lenny. You know, uh, I, I think we have a very appropriate line following this. I agree. And hey, remember, if you want to be a part of naming our holiday this month, the month of August, write us at info at thepetmatchmaker.com. Info at thepetmatchmaker.com. We are going to create a Pet Matchmaker August holiday. So be sure to join in on that. And you know what? You can just write us about anything. We'll write you back. We'll put stuff on the podcast. We want to hear from you and make sure you're sharing. Share, share, share. And the last thing I'm going to say is also make sure you're watching Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. This is a lot. We're asking a lot, but you know what? You all are awesome people. You all are awesome listeners, so we know you can handle it. I was told there'd be no homework, Lenny. I feel like we're giving him a little (laughs) too much on this one. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here, we'll we'll put the assignment up on on the match. The assignment's going up on the the pet matchmaker. It's just, there's so much going on. I'm so excited about it. It is true. That's kind of the problem. Every week, and we don't, you know, every week it's like, oh my gosh, how do we get all the stuff that's going on packed into this little outro? But um, yeah, you're you're very busy lately, which is good. I know. It is good. It's very exciting. Woohoo! 
Uh, so there you go. And we will uh, we will have a new cast for you next week. And as always, so glad to have you with us. And in the immortal words of the legendary Bob Barker, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Bye, everybody. Miss you, Tony. Miss you, like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>